Facing this, the Tourmaline War Memorial, a modest obelisk, convenient for dogs and the weary. Some sons of Tourmaline, it seems, patronized the empire in the days of the Boer War, but not much is remembered. To the right is Tom Springs' store, the white paint flaking from its iron and the purple paint from its ancient advertisement for Bushel's Tea. In the window, shaded by a rough veranda, tinned food, soap, cutlery and boots cradle the immemorial cat of T and M Spring. On the left is Kestrel's Tourmaline Hotel, of stone and rough plaster, once whitewashed but now reddened with dust. The roofing iron is also red, and advertises a brand of beer no longer brewed. A veranda shades the bare dirt on three sides. In this hot metallic shade, Kestrel's dog wakes and yawns and sleeps again. The windows are closed and painted inside. It is dim in there. Following the raw red streak of the road are the houses of Tourmaline, uniform, dilapidated, stained with the red dust. There are not many. At last, and apart, is a cube of stone, marked by a wooden sign as the police station. And behind it rises a fortress, a squat square tower open to the sky. This is my tower and prison, for I am the law of Tourmaline. On two stony hills to the north of the town stand the toppling masts of the mine and the hulk of the abandoned church. The church is of tender brown and rose stone. Beside it, an oleander impossibly persists in flowering. Planks are falling from the wooden bell tower, but the bell is there still. And in dust storms and on nights of high wind, its irregular tolling sweeps away over Tourmaline to the south. From there you command the whole town, the rust-red roofs, the skeletal obelisks of headless windmills, the sudden green of rocks forlorn garden. That is all there is of Tourmaline. A man called Hart found gold here many years ago. Others came. The gold was sufficient, it seems, and there was water in those days. I can remember the water. I can remember rain in Tourmaline. I am not young. It is not a ghost town. It simply lies in a coma. This may never end. On the day he came, the diviner, we had a death in Tourmaline. But it was not one of importance. Billy Bogada, in the native camp, was noticed by his nephews when they rolled out at daybreak to have departed. The women mourned a little out of courtesy, and the nephews went to Tom Spring for a packing case the size of the deceased. I watched them later in the day carry him down the road to the cemetery, their skins shining in the glare of the stony ground, the box on their faded blue cotton shoulders. Spring, it said, perishable. Charlie Yandana sang, squatting on the ground outside my door in the narrow shade of the dead pepper tree. He was young and not bereaved, but he liked to sing. It was a hymn, perhaps. Death, or oh death, 
Oh, you've been going a long time now. When you're gonna take a rest, or oh, death. His voice, young and flippant, made me desolate. I had had my morning rendezvous with the world, my walk to the war memorial, and so come to the time of day when I doubt the reality of myself. Those names give me a name. But when I am quiet and alone, and have turned on the wireless, as on every morning for, ah, too many years, and have spoken and have listened, and as on every morning since these terrible times began, have heard no answer. When I am quiet and alone, I cannot believe in it. Who gave me this name? And beside the name, what is there? An unnamed and naming ghost, perhaps, formless, but forming for some obscure purpose.